Welcome to Gulf Life Now, where you can learn about all things real estate and life on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Your host is Bill Anderson, who includes his considerable knowledge and personal experiences about relocating to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Whether you're buying, selling, or just interested in living on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, this podcast is for you. Thanks for coming back to Gulf Life Now and listening to some of our pearls of wisdom. This is a service of Logan Anderson, Gulf Coastal Realtors. And the topic today is going to be what to look for when you're buying an older home. Uh, now, some of these things are important for a variety of reasons, and I'll get into them. Often people will see a house, check the price, and they are interested in buying that house without knowing that there could be another house that may be a little more expensive, but it has some valuable add additions that are important. So let's get into that now. Uh, now, one of the first things that I notice when I take a look at a house that is older, and I say older, it could be 15, 20 years older. It depends on the area of the country and what the builders have been traditionally adding to houses for a long time. Now, I'm down here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and I can tell you that homes that were built in the 1960s, 1970s, possibly the 80s also, uh, that's an older home. Uh, Many of those homes, and earlier, of course, they don't have dual-pane windows. Now, dual-pane windows are uh, pretty important because they allow you to run your heating for a lot less time, cool the house for less money, and they are a more attractive window, usually because many of them are coated with vinyl, so they're easy to clean. Now, the Now, the issues with the single-pane windows aren't just the fact that they're not energy efficient, but the aluminum frames tend to corrode over time, and they're very difficult to clean up and make them look nice. Of course, there's a cost to install these, and many people have already done that. Uh, This goes back to what I said at the very beginning. You may find a house that is selling for, let's say, $200,000, and another house that's selling for 205000 or 210000 that are somewhat similar, but one has dual-pane windows and the other one does not. Now, that one with dual-pane windows not only has better curb appeal, but it will eventually save money depending on how long you're going to be in that home. Uh, certainly more attractive in my personal opinion, but I think that energy savings is important as well. Another thing that people usually uh, don't like and that is a popcorn ceiling that was fashionable decades, many decades ago. Some people have removed it and not done such a good job. Uh, Usually uh, what happens is you have to scrape it, and the ceiling looks pretty flat and smooth. So if you have texture on the ceiling, uh, that's nicer. Of course, you can have that done once you buy the house too, but you don't think about that when you're walking through. Same thing with any repairs that were done. Are they done adequately, or are you going to be bothered by them? I was in a house recently, and there was a crack in the ceiling where they had made a change or a repair, and it just wasn't attractive, which means that some work would have to be done. So you need to add up all these little things and figure out what you think it's going to cost you. Now, a lot of people look at it and say, well, if I pay less for this house, I can do all this work on my own. 
And that's absolutely true. You can. If you're handy, you can do it yourself. If you have to hire someone, then it's going to add additional cost. And then when are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Can you live with it? You know, these are questions you need to ask yourself when making a decision about buying house A or buying house B. Another thing that I've commented on in more extensive terms are roots coming toward the house. I was looking at a home the other day, and there was a large pine tree, very large, old pine tree in the front yard, and the roots were right at the foundation. Now, that's what I could see just standing on top of the roots that had already been sticking up above the ground and understanding that with almost certainty that those roots were actually under that foundation. So it was just going to be a matter of time before that slab house was going to start to raise or the foundation was going to crack. And as a matter of fact, it could have already been cracked under the flooring. I couldn't see that. So that is an issue. Now that tree, I think, should have been removed a long time ago or at least try to remove all the roots and put a root barrier in to keep them from growing under that house. But eventually that is going to be a problem. So we had gotten a quote for removing that tree. It was about $2,500. And believe me, that is a lot less than it would cost to repair the foundation on your house. So that's one thing that you should uh, take a look at as well, are any big trees that are around the home that could be causing a problem now or could cause a problem in the future for you. Regarding the trees, and I love trees, you don't want any big tree branches over your roof. You're going to have problems with your insurance company if that's the case. And now, if you're in California or a lot of other places that really lack trees, you probably don't really understand this. But for many of us in the eastern, southern United States that have lots of trees, you understand what can happen if a big branch were to break, it could damage the roof. And that is a fairly common occurrence anywhere where there could be big storms, which is really all on the coastal area of the U.S. and even in the Midwest as well. So it's important that any large trees be maintained so that there are no branches, big branches anyway, over the top of the roof. And as I said, you'll have problems with your insurance company that could cancel the policy on you if that's the case. So if you're buying a house that has lots and lots of big branches over there, it may cost you a few thousand dollars to have someone come in and cut all those out and make sure that it's done properly so it doesn't kill the tree. So that's another thing to put on your list. Drainage is important in areas that get a lot of rain. Make sure that the house isn't going to flood or any area around the house that could cause problems. For example, you may not get flooding in your house, but you may have to walk through a flood to get from the driveway to the house, if that's the case. When houses are typically built, they're required to have drainage and sloping, but over time things change. People do landscaping work, uh, sidewalks crack and they break, and then that changes the flow of water. So uh, make sure that the house that you're looking at looks like, at least, uh, and you're not being there when there's a big rainstorm, but it looks like the water flow is away from the house and not causing any big damming or having flower beds being flooded and the water just sitting there where it could possibly penetrate the house. That's important. 
Another thing to look forward to is vegetation near a house. If you live in an area that is subject to termites, you want to make sure that there's no vegetation that touches the house completely. It's nice to have plants. You can have all of those and bushes, but sometimes you'll see a house that's completely overgrown. Now, that can be remedied uh, fairly easily, but it is still an additional cost. It could be something you could do, but you've got to trim and keep all of that vegetation away from the house so that uh, the moisture will dry out and you can avoid having any uh, potential termite damage. This brings me to the air conditioning system. If you want to put an air conditioning system into a smallish house, say 1,400, 1,500 square foot house, it could cost you seven, eight, nine, ten thousand $10,000 to put that whole system in. But what I've seen in a number of places, not everywhere of course, is that people will take the inexpensive route and they will replace the outside unit and not replace the inside unit. Uh, you've got to replace them both at the same time. Uh, and because if the systems are not balanced properly, they won't work right. And the last thing you want is to have one part of these units run more often than it should because it'll overheat and eventually it'll wear out because it's not balanced. You have maybe a two-ton unit that's sitting outside trying to feed a one-and-a-half-ton unit on the inside without getting into lots of details on how air conditioning works. It's important if you decide to replace the air conditioner in your house or you buy a house where they say they've replaced the air conditioner, check to make sure that they've replaced both the unit that's outside the house and the unit that's on the inside of the house. It's important that all of that gets replaced at the same time. That's the best outcome. Now, if you really want to buy that house and they replace the outside unit and they haven't replaced the inside unit, and you think it's cheap enough, of course you might be able to go out and later when you buy the house, find the matching piece of that and put it on the inside. You have to get a hold of somebody that knows what they're doing for air conditioning so that they don't go out and buy the wrong piece. But if you can match it up later on, that's fine. Now keep in mind that manufacturers discontinue units all the time. So if the unit that's outside, for example, is two years old, it might be possible to get a matching unit on the inside two years later, but then again, they may have discontinued one of those units. You may find yourself in a position where you can't replace that inside unit, and you may be forced to replace the entire thing. Now, air conditioning is pretty important in most parts of the country, especially where it's real hot, as it will get in the Midwest and almost pretty much everywhere in the East and the South during the summertime. So that air conditioning system is important. The other thing about that is, if you have an old air conditioning system in a house, everything else in the house is fine, you're ready to buy this house, and you go, well, you know, that air conditioning system is ancient. It's costing you money. The, those old inefficient systems are not producing as much cool air for the cost of the power as new systems do. So it's, it's, and it's entirely possible that you're going to be calling people out to keep repairing that system also. So if you see a house that is oh, a couple thousand dollars more or so, and it has a brand new air conditioning system, put, that, put a big check mark near that because that's important. That brings me to another thing you need to look at, and that's the roof. Probably the most important thing here. 
and I'll tell you why. It's not just that you don't want to avoid the leaks in the roof by having a well-maintained roof, but the insurance companies are terrible on rates. If you have a roof that's over 10 years old, you're going to start getting hit pretty hard with your rate for that roof being older, even if it's in good condition, because the theory is that at least the, when you put a roof on, a shingle roof, that that shingle roof is going to be good for 20 years. Well, yeah, the shingle manufacturer will warrant that shingle only if that roof has been installed properly by someone who has been trained and licensed to do it. That's an issue by itself. But if there is, has been a named storm that came through the area, there's a potential that even those shingle, the warranty on those shingles won't, won't withstand. Now, a lot of companies will do the same thing. They'll install a new roof on there, but if we have a big hurricane or a tornado, for example, in the Midwest, they may refuse to warrant it. If you take a look at the paperwork on there, you may find that the day that they finish putting their new roof on, you really don't have a warranty. Now, you can call them if the roof is leaking, but if that big storm has come by, they might be able to use that as an excuse as to why your roof is leaking, and that would void their warranty. So it's important if you find a house that has a new roof on it, that's a big plus, a real big plus. So let's just cover some of the things I just mentioned. Find a house that has a new roof on it, has new air conditioner, has no trees growing up to the house, for example, uh, has no broken slab. Those kinds of things are real important, and they can cost you big time. Uh, and same thing with trees that were trimmed. So if you could find a house that has all those things that were all new, you should be able to pay a little bit more for those, for those houses or that house. And over time, you'll get your money back because you won't be spending the money that you would have if you had bought a house where you're constantly doing some maintenance on it. So let's talk about some things that are really hard to see. Now, some older homes don't have the current plastic lines for water, uh, and that those are called PEX piping. That's put into all the new homes, and they're clear. It's a clear plastic tube, for example. It runs out throughout the home, and they're going to last a long, long time. The connectors on the PEX are usually very good and generally leak-proof. All the new homes are being built with the PEX, and it's flexible, so it's not like a pipe that can break. These are just flexible tubes, basically, that, that comes in a roll at the hardware store, and then if you wanted to put that in yourself, uh, then you buy all the brass parts that clamp around the um, portions to put it all together. So if you have a house there that has old pipe, has could have iron pipe, steel pipe, could have... Uh, copper piping, for example, in the house, uh, those are not well received by insurance companies, for one thing, and also there are other issues such as corrosion on the pipes. Uh, the pipes could have been rusty if they're old steel pipes, for example, and the copper pipes can have dissimilar metal contacts so they can corrode also. And those might be issues down the road. Now, you may not even be able to n know this. You don't see this because you haven't pulled any uh, wall panels off to see what's back there. 
but uh, a property inspector would know what type of plumbing is in the house and replacing all that plumbing is expensive so that's not something you want to take on lightly if there's any issues with the plumbing of the house then move on to another house that's replaced all of that plumbing or their plumbing is in really good condition it's been checked out the last thing you want is water breaks in your house uh, one one insurance claim is one thing but if it happens again your insurance rates will go up forever and then when that claim is made it's going to be on the record of that house similar to a credit record that you would have if you applied for a credit card for example every house every property has its own record so if you go to apply for a second or a third or a fourth claim it's going to be more difficult for you at some point down the road it could be a point where they may cancel the insurance i'm not saying don't use it all i'm saying is that you have to be careful anytime you make a decision to use insurance to uh, pay for some repairs take a look at what that deductible is see if it's too high then you can take care of it yourself I always look at insurance as a last resort which is one reason why a lot of people will increase their deductible so for that very same reason to use it as a last resort take a look at the condition of the fence if you have fencing around your property you might have some chain link fence that's kind of fallen apart there may be a lot of vegetation growing through it, it may not be what you want down the road uh, most people in at least the south are putting in these dog ear wooden fences uh, a lot of other places put in uh, brick fences whatever fence you might want to do you may have to repair the fence that's already out there if you have a dog or a pet or something else so give that some consideration too you may be buying a house that has a brand new fence all the way around that'll save you money and if you have an animal that you can move right in and put it out there in the yard uh, putting up a fence is uh, one of those things that's fairly expensive regardless of the material that you use and it's something again that you'll have to come up with money for after you move in some older houses don't have a dishwasher so you can install one usually if there's space in the kitchen but again if you find a house that has a dishwasher and one that does not it's another one of those things on your list you do the comparison and so to install a new dishwasher in a cabinet doesn't have one it's going to require a little bit of work in addition to the purchase of the dishwasher itself so factor possibly a thousand twelve fifteen hundred dollars to be able to put that dishwasher in one more thing to take a look at on the inside of the house is the water heater uh, water heaters aren't terribly expensive but what makes them expensive is when they leak and uh, or fail you may want to take a look at that water heater and see how old it is if they happen to put a new one in that's a real plus water heaters aren't difficult to install most of the places that you buy them from such as Lowe's will install it for a relatively small amount and water heaters last about 12 years roughly and you're probably not going to be able to determine how old that water heater is but if it just looks old to you and nobody remembers how long it's been since they put it in then it's old and it's one of those things you'll have to replace when you buy the house so let me get into what I tell my clients when they're looking to sell a house maybe that'll help you on the other side since I'm talking basically to buyers here 
I tell them not to replace any major appliances in their house or do any structural work inside their house when they're ready to sell. Uh, if they're going to be selling in five years or something that's different, but if they're ready to sell now, I tell them don't do it. If there's no dishwasher, I'm going to tell them don't install one. Because when the appraisal comes out, the appraisal's not based on all of these things that I've been talking about. The appraisal is based on this building sitting in this location compared to other buildings that are similar in size with numbers of bedrooms and there are some other things, but they're not going to be looking at the age of any of the appliances inside. They will possibly look at the roof condition in their general kind of uh, number, but you're essentially going to be priced and on the appraisal side at what other houses that are similar size that may be in much better condition. So you won't necessarily get much more for your house even if you spend a lot more in it. Now the basic thing I tell the sellers is make sure it looks good. You know, do the curb appeal, clean the house up, take care of the garden, all those things. You can spend money on those things but don't put in fences and don't do other major things because you don't know what that buyer might want to do. Uh, and yet, people will do these things. And so those are the houses that you might want to look at, the ones where someone has just put a brand new air conditioning system in. Now, I do tell my clients to put those things in if they need to. If they're broken, uh, it's going to be difficult to sell a house with a broken air conditioner. People want something they can move into unless it's a you know one of those fire sale houses they're selling for far less than what it would be worth if it was all fixed up but generally if you're buying a house that is presented to you as move-in ready on that house then uh, for the seller I tell them don't put a lot of major dollars into it but people may have been doing this over time maybe the last two or three years they started replacing things that were bad and now you take a look at various houses and you find one that is in your price range and it has a new roof it has a new air conditioner it has a new fence it has all of these things on your checklist then to me it would seem that you have found the house that you want to buy so obviously buying a house is a hard decision for most people because there are so many choices out there and you go in often thinking you want X, Y, and Z, and then you end up with something else. Uh, that's That happens. That's just life. Uh, however, it's important that you don't find something, make a decision, and then regret it after the fact because you have these ongoing costs that you thought you could absorb, things you thought you could fix, when you could have spent a little bit more money. Remember, you're financing this for 30 years. So the difference in buying a house at 200000 versus 210000 may be somewhat uh, limited if you can afford it. If you can get the credit for it, for example, your ratios are good and you can get the loan, it may be in your interest to try to find that house that, that takes the least amount of attention or work from you. What I usually suggest is that if you want a home inspection for a property, which is a good idea in many cases, you can get that done, but the home inspector is not going to tell you what it's going to cost to fix some things or make things that you want better or change it, such as painting. So it might be a good idea for you to ask your real estate agent 
or ask me, for example, for the name of a handy person that can actually come in and fix any of those things that you see that you're not asking the seller to fix. Also, some changes you may want to make to the property before you actually move into it. So sometime between closing and the time that you move into it, again, I keep bringing up painting. That's usually the thing people want. They don't like that blue bedroom. They want it to make it pink. Uh, so you can get someone in there that can do all of that, but they can give you some prices. Now, you don't really need to wait until you've actually picked out that house and you've written the contract to go. If you're pretty sure that the house that you have seen that you want to make an offer on is the one you want, then you can ask your real estate agent for that reference and you can go over there with your real estate agent before you make the offer and have that contractor take a look around and tell you what it would cost to do all the things that you want to do in that house. That way you have all of this information before you make the offer. Another good reason for that is that often as part of the negotiating process, you may be able to get the sellers to pay for a portion or all of the changes that you want to make, depending on the rules of the financing package that you're doing. But that's a good start. At least it'll help you make the decision whether you want to buy house A or you want to buy house B. And most contractors that work with real estate agents won't charge you to come by and take a 15-minute look around and then come back and give you an idea because they hope to get the work if you buy the house. Well, there are many other things that I could discuss, but I did discuss the biggest things. I think it gives you some idea of what you need to start looking for to be a little bit more critical about the house that you may want to buy and make sure that at least to the best that you can the selection that you make will be the best financial decision that you're going to make something you can actually afford uh, and that you are buying a house that's not going to become a problem child down the road you know that endless pit the money pit house for example You've already checked all of those things out ahead of time. You know what you're getting into. That's the important thing. Don't be surprised when you buy the house and find out that the roof has to be replaced the next week because the insurance company won't insure you. Get all of this front-loaded up here. Make sure that the house, to the extent that you can, as I mentioned, is the best choice that you can make with the least amount of work, unless, of course, you're buying a house where you want to do lots and lots of work. And that's another story altogether, and I'll get to that in another one of these episodes. Well, thank you for coming to Gulf Life Now. If you're interested in buying a house on the Mississippi Gulf Coast or selling a home here or even an investment property on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, please check out our website, Logan, L-O-G-A-N, Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N, L-L-C dot com or Logan Anderson Gulf Coastal Realtors. We'd be glad to uh, talk to you, and you can also go in and take a look at all the properties for sale. You can register and then be notified when something new pops up. Please contact us if we can be of help to you, and come back and listen to another episode of Gulf Life Now. Thank you.